Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, all across the country and beyond, on your local affiliate here. Hello. And on the Odyssey app, I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder during this All-Star break. The MLB All-Star game is tonight. The Home Run Derby last night. The draft on Sunday. And they held it all in the same city. I thought that was pretty smart. And there were no baseball games on Sunday. Look, I've been kind of anti-baseball in their scheduling because they really sh- every team should be playing on these holidays. Still don't know how they dropped the ball on that. But... I think they figured this out. I think they did a good job. Mike Assisa is joining us, uh, covers the sport for CBSSports.com. Uh, I think that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything more that baseball could do to make the draft presentation better than it is. Getting it in the same spot, you know, I, they, they benefited. There were some college guys that, that we know about. The structure of baseball is hard because then a lot of these guys disappear for a little bit. I know you wrote about trading draft picks recently. That was a very uh, compelling article. Is there anything they can do like to make Sunday a bigger night or does the structure of baseball might kind of just, is there a ceiling on it? You know, they're trying. I'm just not sure it's that they're ever going to be able to do anything that really just, just makes it more popular because this is not, you're not going to see your favorite team draft their center fielder next year. You know, that's just not the way this sport works. And, College baseball is not as popular as college basketball or college football. So a lot of these players, you know, this year was pretty good because LSU won the national championship. The top two picks came from LSU. So there was some kind of star power there, but neither player was at the draft. So the number one pick didn't go up on stage and, you know, and, you know, shade the commissioner's hand and everything. I don't know. MLB, they've done a good job uh, the last really, I guess, like 10 years now putting on this draft broadcast. So it's certainly more popular and more visible than it has been. I'm not sure how much better they can be able to make this. The, the draft, the baseball draft is just not, there's no instant gratification here. Even the best players are going to go spend two or three years in the minors. And, you know, you're going to watch something, forget about this guy and, and come back to him in a few years. You know, it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't really hit the same way as in the other major sports. Yeah, I just kind of look at this week and think, like, are they doing everything that they can to make it as big of a deal as it should be, I think, if you look at the uh, NFL, you know, the Pro Bowl weekend used to be great. Now it sucks. Uh, the N- NBA does a good job with their weekend with the rookie sophomore and the celebrity. And then the next night, the skills and then the game. And, you know, whether or not the things live up to their billing, it's still like the NBA is trying to put their best foot forward. I think with baseball, they're getting there. I still think the Futures game doesn't need to be buried on a Saturday night when teams are playing. They could be another 
opportunity for them to play somewhere else. The game itself, look, I, I think the home run derby's kind of taken over in terms of like the pop culture zeitgeist. The game itself is fine, but you've got a sport now where everyone can throw a hundred, so you just have a pitcher go for an inning. These games are always going to be three two with a bunch of strikeouts and and home runs. Really, the answer is teams players need to wear their teams jerseys and not these marketed things. Other than that, I don't know. Like I don't know what else they could do to to make this week any better. Yeah, you know, I agree completely about the jerseys and this. This is it's <laughs> such a small thing, but it was so cool when you turned on the All Star Game and you would see, you know, a Yankee in right yes. field and you know an Angel in center field and you. You just think about it just as a casual fan. Maybe you don't know that much about baseball. You're looking for your player, and you you can't tell who he is now. You know, if you're just like a casual, I don't know, like a casual like Rangers fan, you don't really know who your guys are. But, okay, there's a Rangers jersey. I know that's my guy. You can't do that anymore. I I don't know. The Futures game, I agree with you completely that they should do a better job just just getting it out there. They do it, you know, they do it Saturday night. It's on Peacock only, so it's behind a streaming service you got to subscribe to. It's up against actual major league games, so you know it's it's not the best real showcase here. And I've always felt that you know Wednesday night after the the All Star game itself on Tuesday, that Wednesday night's open. You know why not do the Futures game that night? It would be the only game on. You know I know the Triple A All Star game is that night, and that they want that to be its own thing. But you can make that work. You know do it Thursday or something. There, there has to be a better way to do this. And you know the, the All Star game in every sport, they're kind of. The games themselves are not that great. I think baseball has the best actual all-star game. You know, the game itself is most competitive. But yeah, in the end, you know, you're going to have nine pitchers pitch nine innings. They're all kind of amped up a little bit, and they're all throwing 100 miles an hour. So it's, it is going to be low-scoring games now. Well, we'll enjoy tonight, and then we'll have a couple of days, and then the second half is going to get underway. And I think what's been the most interesting about this season, if you just kind of step back and look at it, is you've got some teams that – uh, are playing a lot better than maybe they were thought to have yeah. uh, in terms of like the Rangers or the Diamondbacks. And then you've got a lot of teams that are playing a lot worse than they were thought to have. And that could force some trades uh, from whether like the Mets trade some people or the Cardinals or uh, Juan Soto could be dealt, Shohei Otani. Do you think overall, and I'll talk to you about Shohei in a second, but do you think overall we'll see like an active deadline or are some of these teams going to talk themselves into thinking, I know we're six games under and I know the, but, but, but we're the Mets and we're the Padres and, and we got to deliver or some of these teams just going to cut bait. What's your kind of inkling or read on that? You know, just talking to people in the game, everybody kind of seems to think it's going to be a slower than usual trade deadline, but I always feel like, okay, it's, you know, the trade deadline's three weeks away. Everybody's just kind of, you know, kind of everything in baseball kind of moves slowly until you get right up to the deadline. And that's when things happen and teams are really going to kind of, you know, they're going to be there on the deadlines August 1st this year. They're going to be there on July 31st and sit there and seriously assess themselves. You know, are we really in it? And I think we'll see more activity right at the deadline, and I think everybody anticipates. I would be surprised if the Mets or Padres sold. I mean, I know they're not in postseason position. I think they're both like five, six, seven games out of a postseason spot. But they have so much invested in these seasons. There's just no way they're going to just, okay, we're going to cut bait and, and try again next year. I think they'll both try. You know, the good teams – what are, what are the Orioles going to do? Because they're obviously very good. They clearly need some starting pitching. They sh- really should have gotten it in the offseason. They didn't, so they kind of got to do it now. How aggressive are they willing to be? Or are they just, you know, we're on our, our, our coming out of our rebuild here. We have our plan. We're not going to we're not gonna change anything. I, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. And, and you got the Yankees who are underperforming. They just fired their hitting coach. You know what? There's no way. They're not, obviously not going to sell because they're a game out of the postseason, but – 
how aggressive are they going to be at the deadline? Are they really going to kind of go all in and kind of overhaul their offense, which is what needs to happen, or are they just going to make one or two moves and just kind of hope for the best there? I, I really don't know. I think it'll be a more active deadline, though, than than what seems like the general feeling is right now. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder today. Mike Asisa joining us here, uh, CBSSports.com MLB writer. That's why I think Shohei Otani, it's, it's very interesting what could happen because I have long been a proponent that the he needs to be in the playoffs. You know, he has not made – they've not had a winning season since he came over to play with the Angels. They need to be in the playoffs. This year they were playing well. They were contending. They started to at least add some guys. I don't know if, you know what talent – Escobar and Mustakas had left, but they started to add some guys and, and they were, you know, competitive and winning. Then Mike Trout gets hurt. They haven't won a game since. And you've got this very interesting thing where do they think they can pitch him to come back? If so, can they sell him or can they can they sell him on Anaheim? So would you would probably not trade him in that proposal. Then again, you've got these other teams, because we think Shohei Otani, we're thinking Angels. But then if he signs somewhere, we're thinking one of these West Coast teams like a Seattle or a San Fran or the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets, we're thinking massive markets. But if you have one of these teams like the Orioles and you look around and you're like, yeah, I know it wasn't our plan, but our like timeline and this guy's available and we would be getting, we're getting two for the price of one. He, he, he bats and he hits and he hits or he pitches. I know we'd have to give up some of our prospects, but you know, and even if I'm a team in the AL central, like if I'm the Indians or the twins, I'm thinking, geez, I mean, the division sucks, but we're going to make the playoffs if we win it. So let's get Shohei and see what happens. So I wonder how aggressive one of these teams might be because all it takes is one. If the Angels are even going to be motivated to sell, I think that there's going to be a, like every like shows that don't talk about baseball until the World Series are going to give a lot of time to the Shohei possibility of a trade just because of how many different scenarios, Mike, there could be. Yeah, I mean, Otani's one of those guys who could fit for any team, right? You you just you can pick him up and you can make it work. You know, you, you have to have to move players around to accommodate him having a DH, you do it. And, but but even as a is, rental, he's going to cost you a lot, even as a rental. Sure, but it's also you're getting an ace pitcher and a middle-of-the-order hitter. And yeah. you think about, you know, once you get into, if you're in a tight division race or once you get to the postseason, he's a balance of power player. He's a guy who could single-handedly change the, out, the outlook of a, of a division race or a postseason series. And, you know, you mentioned the Orioles and I, was thinking the other day about Otani teams that could use Otani and the Orioles are such like a perfect fit because they need the pitcher. They could use the other bat. Their farm system is so good. And between the major leagues and AAA, they have more infielders than roster spots. Realistically, there's just no way to fit all these guys on the roster. They're going to have to trade some. And why wouldn't you trade them for Otani, who is the coolest and the best baseball player in the world, who does two things for you at a very high level. You know, the Marlins were another team. I was like, wow, that would be a really good fit based on what they need. I'm not sure the Angels are going to trade them as bad as they've been the last two weeks. And now they're not going to have Trout for at least another month, probably longer than that. I don't know. I still feel like they're going to hang around the race. And if they're just close enough, if they're within four or five games, I think they'll keep him in. Because once you trade with Tony, forget it. He's gone. You, you're not, you have no chance to resign him. If you keep him, you at least got a chance to maybe resign him, get to the postseason, maybe convince him you can win. The other thing is, I mean, he might hit 60 home runs this year. So there's going to be, even if you fall out of the postseason race, He's going to put butts in the seats because he might hit 60 home runs this year, uh, this season. I don't know. Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, he, he's never really been the type to kind of throw in the towel and say, we're going to, you know, okay, we're going to sell pieces and 
And even if they want to come back next year, he's never really been that type. And Otani is just like this major draw for them. It would be such like a, a, an organizational failure if they have to trade him at the deadline, even if it's the smart baseball move, just an acknowledgement that we completely screwed up. We had this guy for five and a half years, never got to the postseason. I'm not sure they're willing to do that. I'm not completely sold he'll be traded, but I think if they do seriously entertain him, entertain offers for him, every team that's in the race is going to want him. The Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, and the, you know, you got the Orioles and teams like that. It, the, the smart baseball move would be to trade him. But I don't know. I feel like having Otani on your roster is is a lot harder to have do than to have a good farm system and get some prospects. Well, that's why I think. I mean, I agree that every team would be in on it, and I think it would be great. Like I uh, am in Milwaukee, so I'm a Brewers guy. We still talk about uh, 2008 when CC Sabathia came here for two months. I mean, the guy. If you talk about like favorite Brewers, the guy came here for two months, almost threw a no hitter, had like a 15 and two record and an ERA under two, and, and it's like the greatest run that we've ever seen. And that's the kind of impact that Shohei can have. And the the reason that I mentioned, like, give up a lot of prospects for a rental is if I'm the Angels, like, you are trading the best hitter and the best pitcher. You're, you're, you're trading both of those for one guy, and you can still get a major haul. Uh, and that's why I wanted to, you know, talk about this with, with someone connected and somebody that knows because it seems like like the right thing to do is trade them especially if you're going to lose them. But if the Angels are going to be a team, I don't know. What do you do? What do you do when the right answer is the hard answer? Because then Angels fans will be mad at you, and they're not going to get excited about the prospects. But they haven't won. How do you have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and not win? So I think this is, uh, Mike, to just kind of circle back on that. This is about the Angels, and I think it's in baseball's best interest if they find a way to get Shohei in the postseason. And And I don't know that... Like like you said, Moreno, I don't know he's going to be motivated to do that. Yeah, and you know, I think I think Angels fans, realistically, I think they're looking at it and it's like, look, we understand, we know where this team is. They're not delusional about how good the Angels are. They're a mediocre team. They're basically a 500 team, have been for the last five or six years now. I think Angels fans, as much as they, they don't want to see Otani go, as much as they would want to watch Otani for the rest of their career, for the rest of his career, I think they would understand that. Look, we have to if we have to trade this guy. If it's in the best interest of the organization, they would be okay with it. And I think they would be very happy for Otani to go to wherever. If he goes to the Dodgers and plays well in the postseason, I think they would be very happy for him. And I think that would be the Angels fans would be okay with that. I just don't know what Artie Moreno wants to do. He's he's very metal to owner. You know, he's gone over his general manager's head several times. The Albert Pujols contract, the Josh Hamilton contract. You know. Those were things he did on his own, and he doesn't always make the most rational decision. And if the Angels completely like nosedive these next three weeks before the deadline, which they are fully capable of doing, and they're like 10 games out at the deadline, I mean, they would have no choice but to trade him. But even then, I could see Moreno saying, he might hit 63 home runs, I'm going to keep him, and we're going to you know, see if he could do that in our uniform. Just the cold-blooded baseball move is just trade him and get would really be like an unprecedented kind of prospect package for, for our rental. Just, you know, two months of Otani, three months, including the postseason, you're going to get a ton for him. And that would be the smart baseball move, but the Angels don't always make the smart baseball move. And history says that, you know, when they should do one thing, they wind up doing something else. So I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not convinced he's going to move. Uh, one more for you, Mike. I think like baseball is interesting to look at it right now and say, well, that team can be, you know, this, this is the best team in baseball, and they're the World Series favorites because baseball does have a postseason where the best team doesn't always win, 
I mean, it helps to have a better team, but baseball's a little more fluky than these other sports, yet it seems like the Braves are playing at least at a clip where they're above and beyond any fluke. Like, they can they can play better. They're, they're just good enough right now. You would, again, baseball is wild like this, but are they good enough to be, like, the top World Series favorite and there's, like, a far gap from second? Or is the sport too volatile to really know anything on July 11th? Uh, you know, I think they're as much as as big a favorite as a team can be at the all-star break. You know, I'm pretty sure I picked the Braves to win the world series this year. They're better than I thought they would be. Even with Max Fried getting hurt and Kyle Wright getting hurt, they're just, they're just a juggernaut. I mean, they're, they've been great. Really. They started, they were, you know, a complete powerhouse starting this season, but the last like two months, they've just been a, just a juggernaut and just rolling through everybody. Just the question is, are they going to be healthy with their pitching in time? Is Fried going to be healthy? Is Kyle Wright going to be healthy? You know, Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager, has shown that when his teams are in the race, he'll be aggressive. You know, he'll go out and get help. If they, if he thinks they need a pitcher, he'll go get a pitcher. You know, he's not one to kind of hoard his prospects. I think the Braves are clearly the best team in baseball. Uh, they're my World Series pick before the season. I, I see no reason to really change that. You know, they're going to have the, the wild card series by, which is a big deal. You get to skip an entire round, so that ups their odds a bit. You know, just looking around, like the Rays were really good to start the season, but they've played about 500 ball now for the last few weeks. They're not quite as good as they were earlier this season. And, and I don't know, the Dodgers aren't as good as they are, usually are. The Astros aren't as good as they usually are. So for me, the Braves the Braves are, are really kind of separating themselves from the pack here. Does that mean they can't lose a World uh, Short Series in the postseason? I mean, of course they can. But, yeah, I think they're pretty clearly the best team right now and the World Series favorite. But if one team somehow gets Otani, then everything uh, absolutely changes. Yeah, Mike, thanks exactly. for a couple of thanks for a couple of minutes. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, the second half, and we'll be in touch. Sure, happy to do it. Mike Asisa joining us here on Writer Than You. I'm Bart Winkler filling in. You could follow him at his name, Mike Asisa, and check out his work, CBSSports.com. This is CBS Sports Radio, Writer Than You. More coming up. Tom's buy or sell next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. This portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. If you're stuck in a timeshare and you want out, contact Wesley Financial Group. Get a free timeshare exit information kit. You can get all this. WesleyFinancialGroup.com. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. 
All right, Bart, let's start things off today in the NFL. Yesterday on the Pat McAfee Show, Colts owner Jim Ursay shared his outlook for the upcoming season. As you guys know, Peyton's here. We're 3-13 and 13, the first year, you know, and, and uh, that's a guy who played a lot of college games and, um, you know, was really prepared as much as he could be for the league. So for Anthony Richardson, it's going to be it's going to be tough. We know that, oh, no. but he has to play to get better. I mean, there's no question. You know, Gardner could come out and you know obviously play better early on, just being being a veteran. But we have to get Anthony on the field, and that's you know Shane's call when he decides to do it. Ouch! Not exactly a glass half full outlook from Mr. Ursay, and of course, Bart Indy drafted Anthony Richardson number four overall in the draft this year out of Florida. Buyer sell that Jim Ursay was too honest with his take for the upcoming season. I am gonna sell that. Sell. I think that Ursay probably speaks more than he needs to. All these teams try to avoid being on hard knocks, and then. Ursay just tweets it out all the time what what the team is thinking. Um, it's refreshing as an NFL owner like I am for the Green Bay Packers. It is refreshing to hear another owner so open and honest. I, I really think he's right, though. You know, he's right, though. They need to get him on the field. They need to see what they have on him. It, it, Garner's probably, if they're going to win games, you probably start Gardner Minshew right away and develop him. I just, again, hope that they do the, I hope that they pick a lane with him. Either start Richardson, have him play, let him learn all this stuff, or have him sit for a year. Don't do the herky-jerky thing. Don't start Gardner and then and then lose Gardner and then lose three games and say, all right, well, let's see what Richardson has. And then he gets fed to the Wolves and you go back to Gardner because then that messes, his, messes with Richardson's head. So, you know, like what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. That could be a situation they do. I don't know that anybody needs to ever sit three years. Like, seems to be the model in Green Bay. I, I just because, because he was right and he didn't say anything like if he would have come out and say, man, Richardson stinks. You know, that that's that's one thing. I think this is all right here from Uncle Jim. All right, Bart, let's stick with quarterbacks here. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is two and a half weeks away from his 30th birthday. And when speaking with the media, Dak admitted he knows the clock is ticking. A thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. Not only that, just. Uh, injuries, understanding what I've been through throughout my career, and uh, yeah, understanding that the time's not, you don't have forever to play this game, and uh, I'm blessed for each moment that I get, each opportunity on and off the field, and uh, just trying to take the most of it, but definitely with a sense of urgency. Bart, by yourself, the Dallas Cowboys have a realistic chance to win a Super Bowl this season. I'm going to buy that. Buy. But, uh, caveat here is that I am always a sucker for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, I, 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 but I always believe in that. I always, I always believe that this year is going to be the year that it changes. They've got a good team, and the NFC is bad. Those are two very easy points to make when talking about this. But they also have not been in the championship game since, like, 1998. It's been a long time for them. They've gone through a lot of coaches, a lot of quarterbacks to try to get here. If they can't get it done... With Dak Prescott and the receivers they have, and CeeDee Lamb and a capable running game, and Tony Pollard and a defense that's very good, and my guy, Big Mike McCarthy, I, I, I don't know that it ever gets done, especially in an NFC right now where it's the Eagles 
And then who? Niners? Cowboys? I'd probably be more optimistic on the Cowboys than I am the Niners right now. Who's their quarterback? They, 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 like That's a big question. They need a quarterback. I like Dallas. They have a good shot. I reluctantly say that knowing they will they will disappoint like they always do. All right, Bart, let's take things from the NFC to the AFC. There's been plenty of trash talk so far this offseason between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Of course, the two teams have split the last two AFC championship games. And Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow told Complex about that trash talk, saying, quote, the best thing about it is it all gets settled on the field. So we'll see them in December. The Bengals, of course, travel to Arrowhead to play on New Year's Eve. Bart, my question to you, buy or sell Bengals-Chiefs is the best rivalry right now in all of sports. Mm. No. Sell. Sell. I don't know. With with Bengals-Chiefs, maybe you feel different, Tom, but I just feel like it's it's two teams that are very good and they see that the other team's good and so they say, like, rivalry things. I don't know that these teams truly, like, hate each other. The fan bases despise each other. I think it also depends upon your perspective, and I guess I fall into this category. I think they're the two best quarterbacks in the sport, so I think that plays into it as well. Yeah, maybe it's like a Manning-Brady type of thing where they played a lot, and we said, oh, it's a rivalry, and then was it, though? I mean, they just played a lot. So maybe it's more about the quarterbacks than the team. So I am going to I'm going to sell that actually. All right, Bart, let's talk some hoops here. Yesterday, Portland Trailblazers GM Joe Cronin told the media how he plans on navigating Damian Lillard's trade request. I think the teams that have ended up the in the most positive situation post trade have been the ones that have been really diligent and taken their time and been not been impulsive or, you know, the teams that really kept their urgency under control. So I think that's how my approach is going to, has been with this and will be with this, is we're going to be patient. We're going to do what's best for our team. Um, and we're going to see you know, how this lands, and if it takes months, it takes months. Bart, buy or sell that when it's all said and done, the Blazers will get adequate value for Damian Lillard, and Damian Lillard will be a member of the Miami Heat. I like that Joe Cronin saying we're going to get the best value. I like that he's saying it's going to take months. A lot of people think that we need to do right by Damian Lillard. Yeah, you do right by a guy if the package is the same, and he's like, yeah, I guess I'd prefer to go there. You don't do right by a guy if you can get like full value for him somewhere and then thirty cents on the dollar somewhere else. They'll get they'll get a good value because they they seem motivated to make sure they do. He will not be a member of the Miami Heat, so I will sell this. Sell. I think that they got to dig their heels in, man. Just because he wants to go to the Heat. The Heat. The Heat. I saw this great take the other day. I'd love to see Pat Riley as a team president and general manager if he couldn't sell you the following. Warm weather, beaches, no state tax. Could he do what he's doing in Miami? Could he do that in Cleveland? I don't think so. I don't want to see him go to the Heat. The Heat already are born on third base. They don't need Damian Lillard, too. Next! All right, Bart, let's keep things in the NBA. After playing 27 minutes in each of the Spurs' first two summer league games over the weekend for San Antonio, Victor Webb and Yama is getting shut down for the remainder of summer league. 
buy or sell the Spurs are doing the right thing by not playing Webb and Yama the rest of Summer League? Well, there's a lot of people that went to Las Vegas to watch Victor Webb and Yama, and there's a lot of people that are excited to see him. Uh, there's also the possibility that he gets hurt in a Summer League game and the Spurs get uh, criticized for that forever. We would love to see him continue to play. Sadly, reluctantly, this is the right move for them. So I will buy. Buy. All right, let's turn our attention to some baseball here, Bart. During yesterday's All-Star Media Day availability, soon-to-be free agent Shohei Otani, through his interpreter, stressed that his main goal is to win, saying, quote, those feelings get stronger year by year. It sucks to lose. I want to win, end quote. The Angels are now a game under 500 on this season at 45 and 46. Bart Byersell that regardless if he gets traded at the deadline or not, Shohei Otani will not be an Angel next season. If I'm the Angels, if I'm the Angels, they don't they want to keep Shohei Otani, but he wants to win. How do you convince a guy that you're about winning when you have not won? They've never had a winning record with him. That is that is, now a few years they've been like 80 and 82, but that still counts. How do you how are you going to convince them? You've lost Mike Trout for 2 months. How are you con- you're not going to win. You're not going to you're not going to make the playoffs this year. The only way to convince him that you're about winning is if you trade him for a bunch of prospects and then hope that he comes back to you in free agency. What's what's a better way to convince a guy that you're about winning than trading the guy to getting a good prospect hall knowing he can come back? That's a long-term very risky low percentage play. But that's what I'd look into. I mean, he otherwise he's gone. He's not signing here. He's not signing with the Angels again. Everybody knows that. He's telling you in the nicest way possible. He's not coming back. He wants to win. He's going to go to a winner. You'd be fools not to trade him. And I would use that trade as a as a very low percentage, high risk, high reward. We're trading you because we want you back. We're going to make the team better. Wink, wink. I would say that uh, he will not be on the Angels, though. So I will I will sell that. I don't. I don't think he's going to go back there. Sell. All right, Bart, let's get to one last one here. Over the weekend, the New York Yankees fired their hitting coach after a very disappointing first half of the season that has the Yanks 28th in team batting average at 231. New York has now hired former All-Star Sean Casey as their new hitting coach. Bart, buy or sell that hitting coaches make a difference in the majors? Uh, They make a good scapegoat. Ah, do they make a difference in the majors? Yeah, I guess I'll buy that. Buy. But that doesn't mean it's a good difference. I'll tell you I'll tell you about a little team called the Milwaukee Brewers who get some good hitters in here and then all of a sudden they suck. You know the Brewers have two hitting coaches actually? They have an old guy and a young guy. I don't know why. They couldn't figure that they have two. They're co-hitting coaches. And the Brewers are hitting like 230. So you tell me how that works. Good job, Tom, as always, with the questions. I salute you for your service. Let's get an update from Andrew Bogish. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. Bart Winkler here in for Bill Ryder. Bill will be back tomorrow. It's time for the Defensive Player of the Week. Sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, proudly serving the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. The members are the mission. Learn more, NavyFederal.org. Well, let's give it to Victor Webinyama. Defensively, pretty good in both games. Offensively, that first game, not so much, but better when it came to uh, game number two. And now they're going to sit him out, which is fine. We got to see him, but he had a nice couple of games defensively, totaling eight blocks. Seven foot three, number one overall pick. Again, has been shut down for the rest of summer league. The defensive player of the week, sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union. So I started the show talking about Pat Fitzgerald and what's happening with him at Northwestern, which is a really awful situation all the way around. Um, guys, you know, look, we're going to find the full extent of this, and a lot of this is via reporting and. So then there's still the opportunity to deny and, and say that you weren't involved or you didn't have the involvement. But hazing in and of itself is a practice that I don't understand how it still continues. I don't understand like how players feel safe in that environment. How, how, does, the, how does the player that's doing the hazing feel safer that there's going to be no consequence than the guy who gets hazed in a way where he doesn't feel safe enough to go to somebody on the staff. That's a problem. All right. When that kind of um, atmosphere takes part in a program, that's a problem. And there's been coaches. I mean, we've seen the line before, but there's been coaches that say, you want to take it to HR, I'm HR. Well, then you're screwed. And it's like, well, I, I'm on a scholarship here. I, I got to play. Um, this is how I'm getting into school. Uh, I got my future in front of me because so, some people might say, well, why didn't, you, why didn't you speak up right away? Well, you get in these positions where you have no one to speak to, and then and then they won't believe you. So I hope everything gets settled with this. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald is going to fight for his job. It is kind of – the whole thing's clunky in terms of how it's happening. Like, this is this was not a story a week ago. We didn't know anything about this. And then we find out that there's a report. He gets a two-week suspension in the middle of summer. Okay. There was a meeting to fire him. They had the players in. He gave an impassioned speech. Like the AD or somebody involved in the university did a five-minute Zoom call from like France or Italy or something. And it's just like let's let's just end this as quick as possible. And so that's going to allow Fitzgerald to kind of fight back. And even if he knows he's done, you know, he got fired instead of you know a release or a, a retirement. So he's he's going to fight for some money. So I think that Pat Fitzgerald, he'll deny it, and he's denied it a little bit, his involvement. We've seen people deny things before. and then, But, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But I think, like, some of the fighting that you're going to see in terms of how I got dismissed, it's not going to be so much about I shouldn't have been dismissed. It's going to be about the clunkiness of how it happened. He can fight for that, get a settlement, and then at least profit on the way out when losing a job that he was under contract for, for still remaining years and has been it for a long, long time. And you know what this does to tarnish his legacy and his reputation and all that. I bring that up to talk about Bob Huggins 
because I, money's got to be the only way that this story makes any sense to me. Three, four weeks ago, we found out that Bob Huggins, there was a situation, there was a DUI situation. Uh, Bob's had problems with, with alcoholism, and, and we've seen that before. And that, I mean, it's a, it's a, that's a problem. It's hard. But he thought it would be best to, to retire and resign. Instead of having to go through all this, let's just resign. Uh, I've had a great career. I'm 69 years old. I'm at retirement age. I got a 693 winning percentage. I've made the Final Four a couple of times. I was the Conference USA coach of the decade at one point. I've got a long legacy where, you know, I was able to coach at my alma mater 16 years. You know, what, what, what's better than that? I can, I can, I had a good career. I can get 69 and enjoy. I'll resign. This is an embarrassing way to go out, but I'll resign and put this all behind us. Then like three weeks later, Huggins says, I never quit. I would still like to coach. Uh, Excuse me, what? There was a letter that was put out, a tweet from the Bob Huggins account, which he's saying that he never technically resigned from the school. And he has a strong desire to conclude his career at West Virginia. He's saying that he never, oh, there was the DUI and then the slur that he used. This was because of the slur. The DUI was one thing, and then the slur was the other thing. It's hard to keep it straight with Bob Huggins. But anyway, they, he resigned. Let me, get, let me get that right. It's been three weeks. You've had plenty of time in those three weeks to come back and say, Hey, my counsel's saying one thing. I'm not. I don't have the intention to resign. We rushed to put out a letter. You know, I I do. I'm still decide. I want to coach here. Due to the focus on my rehabilitation, I've been not in the media or responding to the statements regarding the incident. I understand that they published a statement purportedly written by me on June 17th. The statement providing today, I have submitted a letter. I did not draft or review that statement. The false statement was sent under my name. I did not sign the statement. In addition, the false unsigned statement was accompanied by a joint statement from the president and AD that clearly implied they had received this letter from me. Coach Higgins has informed us as an intent to retire and submitted his resignation. We support his decision. He then goes on to say, I'm employed by West Virginia because of the employment agreement. I never submitted the notice. Uh, I was seeking re- rehabilitation, so that's why I haven't spoken up until this point. And so I, I, you got my resignation letter, and I know this happened three weeks ago. I haven't been able to talk about it, but now I am, and it's like, what's going on? This he's he's trying to act like he's Rogers, Aaron Rodgers in the darkness retreat, where he goes into the retreat thinking that the Packers want him forever. Comes out, and now there's all these articles that say the Packers want to move on, and he's like, he's playing like, huh? I I, th- I thought I was just going to retire and everything's going to be fine, but gee, I I guess the Packers want to trade me. I guess I have no choice but to keep playing and play for the Jets. Huggins is acting like he never made this letter or he never had the intention, and now he's trying to come back. the The problem is even even if this is the case, even if Bob Huggins was so incapacitated in some way that somebody else wrote a letter for him, picked up his hand and like wrote a letter or did it in whatever way they did, took a proof of life picture and sent it in. Even if he's just finding out about this today, the odds are not in your favor, man. 
the 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 things that you have done over the summer, they're gonna want to they they want you to go away anyway. So what is this fight for? It's got to be about money. The fight is about at least dismiss me the right way. I'm not retiring. Uh, do a settlement package, and and I'll go the right way. The legacy, you would think that he cares about his legacy. He apparently doesn't. This is what I don't understand, Tom. The guy's 69 years old. Like, there are people... I've been thinking about my retirement age since I was 17. I've been thinking about trying to retire, not wanting to be, you know, 65 when I'm working. Whenever I go places that there's somebody that's, you know, still in the workforce and they're older and sometimes they'll say, like, I just I want something to do. I like it. And that's fine. But there's some people that are still like bagging groceries or driving around food because they have to. They're not they're not retired. They can't if you can get to that age and retire comfortably, just do it. Maybe that's too narrow minded of a, a way of thinking, but why is Huggins why is he doing this? I think these coaches and these athletes who have experienced, you know, great levels of success, they have a hard time letting it go. They don't know what else to do. Like Bob Huggins, in this example, has been a college basketball coach for 40 years. It's defined him. He doesn't know what else to do. And I think you struggle letting go. It is weird. Like, a lot of people, even if you, like, let's say you're an electrician for 40 years for the same, you know, Thompson and Sons company, okay? And after 40 years, you retire, and you're like, man, I don't know what else to do. You might, like, do a part-time thing, but you're not going to go back full-time into your life. You see a lot. I, I'm always astounded that that we have people in the government that are like 90 years old. Just retire. <laughs> retire. Some of these quarterbacks, like Tom Brady, wanted to retire. I think it's pretty clear he wanted to retire, and he didn't want to regret not retiring. So he played another year, was not that great, gave it his all, and it's like, okay, I can, I can retire now. Because they are unsure, and maybe he'll get the itch and come back. Who knows? But then there's the whole thing about, oh, you got to sign your papers and you got to do your retirement papers. And uh, Bob Huggins is saying, oh, I didn't sign this this other thing. There, There is no way he's the coach again at West Virginia. And I don't know that he's the coach anywhere else. Maybe some smaller school will say, oh, get Bob Huggins here. What a great way and rehab your image. But he, he's 70 years old. When I'm 70 years old, do you know how little I want to work? Do you know how little I want to work now? I mean – we're, I'm 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 in filling in for Bill doing a two hour show. I'm gonna go home and take a nap. I'm exhausted. I, you know, you know, a little. I want to work when I'm 70 years old. Hey, do and don't just don't just have a job. Be a college coach, which is games, travel, planning, practice, scouting, um, recruiting, being the face of the organization, media hits. If you could keep your mouth shut and not say stupid things. Why, why would you want that level of work? So I don't get it. And it, it is weird that like there's two there's these two stories that are happening where it's like Pat Fitzgerald t- his team sees what Bob Huggins says and oh we could we could use that let's let's double down on our take and then Bob Huggins is like oh that's what they're gonna do I'm gonna say that I never signed it and it was sent without my permission three weeks four weeks after the fact it just seemed like the both these guys are struggling to hang on to something that. You know, a lot of times you don't like when something gets taken away from you, and so you fight for it. But I don't see any scenario. Like, the odds that one of Fitzgerald and Huggins are on their sideline for their team next year have to be negative zero. 
They, they can't, it can't, one of, much less both. So we'll see how these stories play out, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't look good for either guy. He's trying to pull a George Costanza coming into work on Monday after he already quit on Friday. You can do that maybe after one weekend, not after a month. We'll see. Interesting times. MLB All-Star Game tonight. More Summer League action. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Bill Ryder back tomorrow. Thanks to Tom, as always. Thanks to Andrew Bogish. We'll talk to you soon. CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.